Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions midweek podcast, where we talk all things Detroit Lions with a very, very special guest. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the editor-in-chief over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. And with me, as always, as the co-host of First Bite, senior editor of Pride of Detroit, at Ryan underscore Matthews, I'm sorry, Ryan underscore P-O-D on Twitter. Ryan Matthews is here. Ryan, how are we doing, buddy? And it's probably my robot voice right now, too, right? That, yeah, yeah, we did get a little robot voice there uh, to start cool. and with all the technical difficulties we could possibly encounter uh, this week as we're returning to our guest format. Uh, uh, and let's let's just throw it to him right away. It's uh, Fingers crossed he's going to be fine and we can just listen to him the entire podcast. Uh, <laughs> he is formerly the Michigan State uh, beat writer for The Athletic, now moving on to the Lions beat, which is why we have him here to get to know him. Colton Pouncey is here. Colton, how are we doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Life's good. Uh, you know, happened to be on the Lions beat, just moved to Detroit, got settled in my new place. So yeah, couldn't be happier right now. Yeah. And I, I want to start right there um, uh, because I, I, a lot of people probably know you from your, your Spartan backgrounds um, with the athletic, but I, I'd like to know kind of your, the entire journey that, that got you to the point where you are here. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of grew up like suburbs of Chicago. Um, I kind of knew like towards my junior, senior year that you know, I like sports. I was never good enough to like, you know, play in college at the next level, but um, I knew I liked sports and wanted to do something with it. Um, you know, my high school had like you know, some journalism programs back then, and that kind of sparked my interest early on. Um, so I was looking at schools and, you know, I kind of settled on the University of Missouri. So they had a pretty good program for that. Um, so I spent four years there, graduated, I think, what was, what was it? May of 2017. I'm getting up there. Um, uh, yeah. After my uh, graduation date. I had an internship that I started that summer of 2017 down in Nashville at the Tennessean, um, which was a great opportunity for me down there. Um, so after my internship, they hired me full-time. Um, my job title was kind of like split between, you know, general assignment sports in Nashville. So helping out with the Titans occasionally, the Predators, playoff coverage, things like that, anything going on in Nashville really. And then I was assigned to a beat covering a small FCS school called Austin, Austin P State mm-hmm. University. Yeah. They're changing. Let's go pee. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I covered that school for about like nine months. It's funny. Cause when I first got there, uh, they had lost 45 of their last 46 games overall, oh boy. including 27 in a row that got to 29. That was like one of the longest streaks in college football. So I'm used to watching some, you know, some bad football. Sure. Uh, just putting that out there. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you know, it's funny though, because that season actually like went on to go eight and four. Like it was insane. They went on this crazy run. So um, good luck, go. term? Maybe we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, after that, um, I think it was like, you know, April or May of uh, 2018, 
Craig Custins of the Athletic Detroit reached out to me and said that they were kind of looking for a Michigan State writer. Um, and my name had been passed to him. So, you know, just, you know, on the outside looking in at the athletic, it seemed like a perfect place for me. You know, I like writing features, I like writing profiles and, you know, those deep dives. And, you know, that was what the athletic was all about and, and what it remains um, to this day. So I think back then it was still early on, like that was like second year as a company, but it felt cool to be in on the ground, you know, the ground floor of something new. So like once they offered, and it was funny because at the time in Nashville, they were kind of talking to me about maybe becoming the number two beat writer on the Titans. So that was tough. It's like I could be an NFL writer at age 23 or I could go to a place like The Athletic. But I think I made the right choice. Um, you know, spent four years covering Michigan State. It was an awesome time living in East Lansing and, you know, covering two different coaching staffs with, you know, Mark D'Antonio for 2018 and 19 and then Mel Tucker 2020 and 2021. Yeah. Um, so covering both sides, seeing their similarities, their differences, their backgrounds, all that stuff was really fascinating to me. And, um, in the back of my mind, I always kind of wanted to cover the NFL, and that was something that was always there. And the opportunity became available this offseason. Um, the athletic was kind of talking to me about some NFL jobs, and I kind of learned that the Lions one might be open, and that was kind of in the back of my mind. So I'm, I'm pretty happy it worked out this way because, you know, I love Detroit. I would come out to visit every now and then from East Lansing, but, you know, being here and being in the city, you can definitely sense, you know, the sports culture here, um, having to be closer to some of my coworkers out here. So, it's a good deal, and uh, I'm excited to get going. Cole, I just want to ask you a little bit about your Michigan State experience. Um, you run up, uh, then went to Nashville, um, and come back up from Tennessee. Like, hey, a lot of time in brand. You kind of broke up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna leave and come back. <laughs> okay, I can yeah. hear you now. It's weird. Yeah, I'm gonna leave and come back. <laughs> All right. Well, what I, well, I, I guess what he he was, you know, he wants to know about the that transition time at MSU. Maybe maybe things that that you learned about being on the beat in general, and and just maybe what what would you potentially miss about being on that Spartan beat? Sure. Um, you know, I think I learned a lot because I again I got there twenty three, like a year removed from college, and that was actually the first time I I was going to be covering you know a school a program a team for two consecutive years. Um, cause like my senior year, I covered Mizzou football, uh, first year out of college, I covered Austin P and then Michigan state. So I was kind of excited to actually like be around a team for more than just a couple months there. And, um, again, I mentioned, you know, covering both D'Antonio and Tucker, I thought it was so cool learning both of their backgrounds and, you know, what they're all about. Like Mark D'Antonio was, you know, family oriented in a way, um, he kind of, his recruiting ties were sort of the Midwest and, you know, his ties in Ohio. Um, he won with these like underrated three stars that, you know, just wanted to beat up on Michigan and, you know, went toe to toe with Ohio State a couple of times, yeah. um, you know, won three Big Ten championships. So it was cool, you know, covering the tail end of his career and just kind of seeing what he's all about. And then covering the first two years of, of Mel Tucker coming in um, to Michigan State. You know, he has some Michigan State ties. He coached under Nick, Nick Saban in the late 90s. Um, you know, he's a Midwest guy himself, but he has such a big picture approach and like the way he's kind of focused on he's like he has no I guess self-imposed you know limitations like he thinks that the program can win a national championship whether we believe it or not he actually thinks that they can get there and you know I guess you have to respect that mindset a little bit um so just you know I think learning the differences between the two of them was really fascinating um diving into the the culture with Michigan State and, and the history of that school and the traditions with it that was something I really wanted to do early on in my career um like one of the first stories I wrote and I wrote about this in my intro letter but um 
you know, I went to a couple of bars in the area and got an expense with the company. So that was nice. Nice. Um, just to check out, like talk to the bartenders, talk to the, the owners of those places about what this, you know, area, what this college town is like on a game day. Uh, what are your favorite memories? Did you grow up a Michigan State fan? All that stuff. You know, I think it's really important to kind of establish yourself, especially for me as an outsider. Um, try to learn what the fans are thinking, what, you know, what, I guess, how their brain works, how they view this team, you know, what it means to them. I think it's important. And I think a lot of writers, you know, across the country kind of overlook that sometimes. So, you know, for me as an outsider, that's something I always want to focus on. And, you know, after four years, I'm, I'm definitely proud of the work that we did on Michigan State. Um, it's a little bittersweet leaving because, um, you know, I, really, I have some friends there, you know, the beat writers are great. Like it's always, you know, a good time to get to know those guys. And uh, so it's a little sad that way, but, you know, covering an NFL team is something I've wanted to do for a while. So I'm pretty excited about this. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's interesting that you, you went and kind of learned the culture there at, at, at East Lansing. And I'm from, from what I've seen on, on social media, you're starting to kind of do the same with, with Detroit. Um, yeah. So, so tell me, tell me about how, that experience. What, what's it been like kind of learning about the city itself, maybe, maybe encountering some Lions fans and trying to figure out what this Lions culture is all about. Yeah. I mean, just speaking about the city of Detroit right now and in general, like I'm lucky to have a pretty good tour guide. Um, James Edwards, our Pistons writer is my new neighbor. We live in the same apartment complex. So uh, every rant, you know, it seems like every other day he's hitting me up like, Hey, let's go to this restaurant. Hey, let's try this place. I want to show you this place. So that's been, that's been fun this weekend. He kind of took me downtown. Um, So I think we went to like the belt and, you know, Del Mar, one of those bars over there. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, getting some food recommendations. I've So I've been to Sweetwater Tavern. A lot of people like yes. recommended that to me. Yep. I've been there before. Like I actually had it for the first time in 2018. And every time I'd be back in Detroit, I go to that place <laughs> like, over the years. So I, it's funny that a lot of people already recommended that to me. I'm just like, guys, I know about Sweetwater. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I've been there already a few times. I had it like twice, like a couple weeks ago in the same week. So. I got I to gotta ease back a little bit, but um, in terms of getting to know Lions fans, you know, I'm pretty active in our comment section. That's, I try to engage with people in there. Um, so it seems like the general mood of, of Lions fans right now, are, you know, they're pretty optimistic about this team, about uh, this coaching staff of Dan Campbell coming in. And um, I don't know if it's always like that, you know, maybe it's like that every July, you know, I know yeah. people are excited, you know, you know, preseason buzz, all that stuff. I get it. But it also feels like the fan base thinks that this, you know, organization is trending in the right direction. Um, I think you can kind of sense that with some of the roster moves, you know, the draft picks, you know, they, you know, the getting Aiden and, and Jameson Williams, I thought that's, you know, a pretty good haul for the first round. And um, I think the fans sense that things are changing a little bit. Now, yeah. obviously I can say that as an outsider because I, I didn't grow up watching this team or anything. I understand the heartbreak associated, you know, by being a Lions fan sometimes. Um, but, you know, my whole perspective is to come in with a fresh point of view and, try to learn things for myself, see things for myself, make my own opinions um, and then figure the rest out later. So it's been good so far for sure. Ryan's back. How, how are we, are we good? Ryan? I don't know. I tested my internet connection. It said it's super fast. Okay. I think it, it sounds you. great right now. Cool. I hope it stays consistent. I missed a little bit of this interview. So have we talked about what kind of stories that Colton likes to write? Not yet. Okay, well, let me ask Colton, um, (laughs) now that I know that that's a question that can be asked. I know, so one thing I do remember uh, from meeting you the first time, Colton, was that you said the thing that attracted you to The Athletic was that, um, you know, writing feature stories and things like that. So um, profiles and and things. So what uh, what are you kind of looking forward to write now that you're covering an NFL team? Yeah, I think the the opportunities are endless. You know, one of the the hard parts about covering a college beat is that you're kind of at the mercy of 
you know, the sports information directors, the SIDs in terms of player access. Um, so I think what's cool about the NFL is there's pretty much unlimited access. You know, the locker rooms will be back open this year, I believe, which will be nice. Yeah. Um, it's easier to build relationships when you're around those guys every day. Um, you know, with fall camp for college, it's like, you know, you see them maybe twice a week. Um, once a week, if that, there's only like 10 minutes of open practice and that's mostly player stretching. So you don't really see a lot and that's all intentional, obviously. Um, but with the NFL, they're obviously a little bit more open. I think it's a better way to foster, you know, those relationships that can help you tell someone's story. Um, so I'm looking forward to diving into some of these, these player profiles, um, you know, these behind the scenes stories. I, one story I kind of want to write is, you know, about hard knocks. You know, I think it's pretty cool that um, I'm getting on the beat for, you know, the start of hard knocks with the lions. I think that's a pretty cool opportunity. And I'm just curious about the setup and all that's involved with that. Like what adjustments do you have to make for, HBO coming in and yeah. you know filming every move basically. I think that'll that'll be cool. That might be one story I end up working on. Um and I mean there'll be more like, you know, open up um, you know, the further along we get in training camp and season. But um I again I think the NFL just offers a ton of opportunities to, you know, dive into things I want to dive into and those player profiles and learning the coaching staff and telling their stories. Like that's really gonna be a good opportunity. You you've come in at such a unique time with with Hard Knocks being here. Your your first day on the beat was the the NFL media uh, yeah. combine thing, and 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 yeah, like it's just it's a unique time when when I don't remember Lions optimism ever ever being this high. Kind of going back to what you were saying, um, there there is a level of optimism that's at its highest at this point in the offseason every year, but it yeah. does feel a little bit unique just in the this team is coming off a three win season and everyone is still completely on board, um, yeah. which is just, it, it's really bizarre, but uh, kind of going back to, to more your, your personal time, like what's your, what was your relationship with sports growing up? Or did you play a bunch? Was, was there a favorite sport that you had? Was it always football? I know you said you covered a little hockey too, which is uh, which is interesting because big hockey town too, obviously. Yeah. Um, so growing up, I played a little bit of basketball. Um, my dad was big in basketball. Like he played in high school or, middle school with Isaiah Thomas out in Chicago. Oh, wow. Um, so that was pretty cool to yeah. hear some of his stories. Um, he was a lot better at basketball than I was. And so was my <laughs> little brother and I'm a little, a little shorter than those two. Um, so that was never really going to work out. So I kind of focused on football, which is cool. Um, you know, I played in high school, uh, cornerback. Um, nice. And again, you know, wasn't tall enough to get to the next level. So that, that kind of pivoted for me and, you know, getting the sports writing, I thought was you know, a good backup plan. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, in terms of, uh, I guess, Chicago sports, like, I wouldn't really, I'm not, I'm not a, a Bears fan. I wouldn't really consider myself a Bulls fan. Like, the one team I'm, like, emotionally attached to is probably the Cubs. Like, that's my team. I ride or die with the Cubs. Um, so, so, you know heartbreak, too. You know years and years of heartbreak. Yeah, I do. 2016 was a great time. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful that I live for that. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the only team that I would really consider myself a fan of in any way. I don't really care what the bears do. Um, so, uh, well, yeah, kind of, yeah. Just getting that out there before Lions fans call me a homer for the bears or whatever. I, I really don't care. I had to tell Nick and uh, Chris that on the podcast the other day, nice. but, um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, a lot of my sports roots, like, you know, football having played it, I think that gives me somewhat of a level of knowledge to, to write about it. Um, not that I was a star player or anything, but, you know, at least a decent background and, you know, just diving into it more and more over the years has been awesome. And at The Athletic, we have so many opportunities to do, you know, these film reviews. Like I already did one with Nick on uh, Malcolm Rodriguez. Um, and that's stuff that I'm looking forward to doing more of because 
Nick and Chris are like, you know, two of the best football minds that I've been around. Um, so having them kind of help me out on the line speed um, is really going to be a great setup for me and hopefully helps me hit the ground running a little bit more. Yeah, and you mentioned your relationship that you have uh, with uh, James Edwards because you guys live in the same building. Yeah. Um, are, are there any other Detroit sports that you're, um, you know, interested in, in catching? Yeah, I mean, so I'm close with pretty much all of our pro riders at the Athletic, like James and Max Boltman on Red Wings and uh, Cody on the Tigers. Like, those are my guys. Like, I would actually come out to Detroit just to, like, hang out with them. So I'm glad that we're all, like, cool. in the same area now and we can – I'll get together. I do want to go to some Tigers games uh, before the season ends. We'll see what free time I have when training camp starts, but you know, <laughs> I'd like to get out to a few of those games. Um, so yeah, definitely. I mean, Detroit's just an awesome sports town. Like you can definitely feel it. Um, it doesn't take much to kind of get the sense of that. And, you know, one of the things that we do with the athletic that I have not been a part of, but I think I will going forward, um, you know, those guys would always do like a rebuilding, rebuilding round table. It's funny that all four sports are going through like their own separate rebuilds. Yeah. And it's been this way since I was, you know, joined the company. So it hasn't improved a ton, but it feels like <laughs> some of those teams are finally starting to turn the corner, maybe. I don't know. Um, but we were talking about that the other day, like, oh, the four of us can finally get together and do one of those and like, you know, give a progress report on our team. So we'll see when we get a, get, get together and get a chance to do that. But yeah, definitely. I mean, again, this is a great sports town and yeah, I'm looking forward to diving into it some more. Uh, last thing before we go to break, uh, just just to kind of provide some clarity on what, what's happening over at the at the athletic. Um, so you're taking over kind of as, as the main beat writer. Um, wh- how how have the roles of, of Chris Burke and, and Nick Baumgartner changed? Because they're we're big yeah. fans of their work and they've been on the podcast a bunch too. So yeah, I would say the biggest change is, is for Chris because obviously he's the one who I'm replacing on the Lions beat. You know, he was our main beat writer since he joined the company in 2017 and. You know, he kind of wanted a bit of a change, and I think he's been wanting it for a while. Um, so he's now, you know, we, we've kind of been building, building up an NFL draft vertical team staff. Insane. An insane cast of characters over there, by the yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Dane Brugler, Deontay Lee, you know, some Nate Tice. Like, that crew is incredible, and it's going to be awesome, you know, reading their work and following them. So Chris is going to be overseeing all those all those guys and all those talented writers. And Nick is also part of that team. Um, you know, he made that move and announced it, like, a few months ago. Right. Um but so, so Chris's job would probably change the most. Like he'll be doing a lot less line stuff, obviously, but I would still love for him to pitch him whenever he can. Um, I already made that clear. Like I welcome that. Like yeah. I'm not intimidated. Like I would prefer that because he's so great and he's, he knows his team, you know, like the back of his hand. So, you know, as long as he's around, like I think that'd be a good deal. Um, he'll still help out with the podcast that they have. I'll be on that a little bit more. Um, and really Nick's job isn't changing a ton. Like he's going to be doing more, national draft prospect stories and you know film analysis on those guys before they get to the nfl but in terms of his lines coverage like he'll be at training camp maybe not every day but he'll be around like we'll have observations that we'll write together um so he's been telling me this whole time like my job with you is not going to change like i'm here to help you i'm here to you know do the same amount of work that i did with chris um just with you now so it'll be a good deal i think it's that in a way it's almost like it's more lines coverage instead of less and that's kind of the point that we've been trying to make clear but yeah i think it'll be a good deal for sure nice well uh always dig all the athletic stuff and and i'm sure that's not going to change with with you kind of heading the, the show over there um but let's take a break when we come back we're going to get into some lines talk we're going to talk training camp is literally a, a week away um we want your kind of what you're looking for and, and your infer- first impressions of the lines and all that sort of stuff so stick with us here on first bite we will be back with colton pouncey
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to First Bite. Here with Colton Pouncey of The Athletic, the new Lions beat writer over there. Uh, Colton, let's let's get into some Lions talk here. Um, and and I, I want to I just kind of like, you, at this point, you're kind of an outsider perspective. I know you've been in the state of Michigan for a few years now, but um, we, we mentioned all the, the kind of crazy optimism at the top. I know you're still probably still in the midst of getting to learn the team. And obviously we won't really know stuff until they hit training camp and preseason and beyond that. But all this optimism that you're seeing, are, are you, do you see it too? Do you, do you understand and, and maybe share some of that optimism? I think so. I, I think, you know, for a team like this, that's still rebuilding and second year of a new staff. I think, there should probably be a limit to some of the optimism. Like I'm not, yeah. you know, ready to anoint the Lions as a playoff team or anything like that. I think you still got to build the roster and see what you have in certain positions. But I think in terms of what are we getting out of year two, I think there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic. Um, you know, the way I see this this team, like I covered Michigan State in 2020, Mel Tucker's first year. They went two and five that year and they lost, you know, I think their five losses were by an average margin of like 26 points, something like that. So it was not pretty. And yet, at the same time, you had all this optimism for the future because you could see some foundational pieces. You could see the philosophy in place. And that stuff matters. It, it matters that you see that stuff, especially in year one. And I think Lions fans probably saw some of that take place. Um, you know, it's funny. I was reading some old stories that, that Nick and Kristen, he had a mailbag, uh, a mailbag question um, that he answered about, you know, why is, why is this team so fun to watch? Or why, why, why are fans optimistic about this team? after like two wins, I think that was still like December or something at the time. Um, And there's a reason for it. I think you can see what Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes are doing. You can see what they want to do. It looks like they're trying to build it, you know, inside out right now, you know, solidifying the trenches. The offensive line is already in a good place. Um, You got some skilled players like James Williams. You got some other pieces like Aiden Hutchinson. um, And you kind of expand to the outside. I think fans are seeing that. And again, I guess, some of that might be relative to, you know, what you want out of this organization. I, I know some people that are already checked out, but, um, you know, again, this is the time to be optimistic about a team um, with some of these moves. Like Dan Campbell's a pretty good quote from what I've seen. Like, yeah, he can be, you know, a good soundbite. He can go viral for anything he says, which is that helps the team, you know, having hard knocks come to town. I think that will help. Um, and I think, you know, a lot a, a bigger audiences will see, what's going on with this team right now. I think that'll be pretty interesting as training camp unfolds. And, you know, again, as fans kind of try to see what this team has in store, I think there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic about a young roster that's kind of building things from the ground up. That's always fun to be in on the ground floor. So we'll have to see where it goes. But I think that optimism is pretty understandable at this point in time. I think that's a perfect segue into a a question about Dan Campbell, because how excited are you to cover a guy like Dan Campbell, who you mentioned is seems to be a a great quote, but um, probably has a a lot more to offer to than just that. Yeah. I mean, more than the sound bites that I would just randomly see on like a Tuesday covering Michigan. It's like, you said what now? (laughs) Besides that, it's like, he just seems like a pretty, you know, down to earth dude, which you don't always get from football coaches. I've been around a lot of robotic coaches in my career that don't want to talk about injuries. They don't want to talk about whatever. And he seems pretty more open to discuss all that. And maybe it's because he's, you know, he's coming from a player's background. 
Um, seems to have the respect of a lot of guys in the team um, for how open he is and, you know, honest and, you know, communicative that he is with, with his players. Um, I think you see some of that with the media. And so I'm excited to kind of get to know him a little bit more on that personal level rather than, again, just seeing some sound bites from far away. So I think it's always a good deal when you have a head coach that's, you know, kind of knows how to play, play ball with the media. And um, again, he seems a lot more accessible than most, most coaches you'd find. So, I mean, I think that can be a good deal for sure. Yeah, there's no question. There's rarely a question that he won't answer. And 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 honestly, too, like he's honest, maybe to a fault of his own at times. But I think part of that part of that is just authenticity. Like you you can't find Dan Campbell being a, a non-authentic version of himself anywhere. I think part of it is also just like a confidence in the process. Like so many coaches are, are afraid to reveal any sort of information for competitive disadvantages and things like that. Yeah. I don't think Campbell cares. I think he thinks if they play enough grind, grind your nose football, like that's, that's going to speak louder. So um, yeah. yeah, I think, I think, I think you're onto something there. Um, are, are there any other players or, or coaches that you're specifically like excited to, to get to know up close and personal? Yeah. You know, I've heard good things about um, Aubrey Pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, is he a Flint native? I believe so. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that, that could be a cool angle um, down the road. Um, you know, Nick talks about him and says, you know, he's going to be a future defensive coordinator. Like he's on that track, um, you know, him and Aaron Glenn, it seems like they ask him, they ask those two specifically to kind of get the most out of their secondary, um, kind of putting bodies out there and seeing, you know, what sticks and what doesn't. And, you know, I guess all things considered, they've, they've done a good job there developing that position. Um, so yeah, Pleasant seems like, you know, a rising star in this league, you know, maybe he's on track for, to be a head coach one day, you know, you know, you never know. It seems like Dan Campbell is pretty, focus on building up a pipeline on his coaching staff. And, you know, he wants his guys to get opportunities and he wants to keep that pipeline going. And if someone leaves, you replace them the next man up. So I think that's always cool when you have a head coach that is like actively looking to, you know, develop his own pipeline, develop his coaches and, you know, wants what's best for them down the road in their own personal careers. And um, just looking at the staff, like Aubrey Pleasant seems like one of those guys that could be on the fast track here in a couple of years. So I'd, I'd say I'm getting looking forward to getting to know him a little bit more. Um, based on some of the few sets I've looked into so far. And, and, and you mentioned uh, the Malcolm Rodriguez piece that you already wrote for The Athletic. Are there any players that you're interested in, in you know, getting to know a little bit more? Yeah. Um, you know, I've mentioned, I've mentioned Jameson Williams a few times, but it's funny because I, if I recall correctly, he was a finalist to transfer to Michigan State. Like he had them on his, you know, his final schools list when he was transferring from Ohio State. I think he made, you know, the right decision going to Alabama and, uh, you know, putting up some numbers there. Probably worked out for him. Um, but just based on that, like, you know, I, I remember watching film on him last year and I'm just like, why is this guy, like, barely playing at Ohio State? But then you see they have three first-round receivers and it's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> um, but he was a first-round talent himself. And, you know, I think what he brings to the table, uh, you know, a speed element to that receiver core. Um, you know, because you got some guys that can, you know, catch some passes in the middle and, you know, running slant routes, you know, the intermediate stuff, but he's a guy that can take the top off the defense. So, you know, we'll see how healthy he is. You know, he's still coming off the ACL injury and talking to Nick, it seems like he's chopping up a bit to get back on the field, but they almost have to like reel him in a little bit because, yeah. you know, he's not ready. Or at least he wasn't like, you know, when I was there for, you know, mid June, the last day of OTAs. Um, but he's a guy I'm looking forward to seeing for sure. You know, a few of these rookies, cause I've kind of focused on the rookie class a little bit. You know, Aiden Hutchinson, I thought he was a stud at, at Michigan. Um, you know, he if we had four spots for the Heisman, he would have been my top four. Sorry, Michigan fans. Like, my, 
My order was Will Anderson, Bryce Young, and Kenneth Walker, but Aiden Apps absolutely deserved to be there. He's a he was a great player for Michigan, and he's going to be a great player in the NFL. Um, and you know, obviously Jared Goff. You know, I think this is a big year for him. Um, I'm working on a story about him for you know tomorrow. But uh, talking to Nick and Chris, like the Lions have options whether this works out or not. I think the hope is that you know what the numbers that he, he kind of put forth the second half of the season and specifically like those final five games that he played. I think that offers some hope for the coaching staff that you can kind of get him closer to that version. You can have a pretty good season with this offense and, you know, he's not going to be Patrick Mahomes, but he can be a serviceable quarterback. Um, and if it doesn't work out, you know, you've got a couple of first round picks. Um, you've got some draft capital to use. If you do want to, you know, either use one of those picks on the quarterback where you are, if you want to trade up, maybe there's a, you know, unhappy quarterback elsewhere that you can trade for. Kyler Murray is now off the market, apparently. But, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, who knows what's out there. So they have options whether it works out this year or not. Um, again, I think maybe for them it might be easier to just have it all work out for golf in the meantime and maybe try to draft a guy that could develop under him. But regardless, they're going to have options. And I think this training camp is going to be big for him. And, you know, it might be uh, the precursor to whatever season he type, whatever type of season he has this year. There, there's a lot of interesting personalities on the Lions team in, in terms of their players. I don't know how much you have you heard, um, but is, is there a player you're looking forward to maybe just like sitting down one on one just to like experience them in general? Uh, you know, we were talking about Jeff Akuda a little bit. And mm -hmm. from what I've heard, he's like pretty tough on himself. And yeah. I'm curious about that dynamic, you know, coming off of a, you know, an Achilles injury, that's a major injury. Um, I don't, I don't think you can really question his work ethic. Like he's going to put in the work to be back on the field. By all accounts, he wants to be a great player. But for someone who's so hard on himself and like takes, takes everything personally, if he messes up, it seems like he's always in his head about that stuff. How is that dynamic mentally going to work with the hurdles of, you know, mentally overcoming a major injury like that? That's something I'm curious to see and maybe talk to him about. Um, it seems like Dan Campbell's a big nickname guy. That's a, that's another thing on a, on a lighter side. Yeah. Like yeah. Nick told me, uh, Aline McNeil's nickname is Twinkle Toes. Twinkle Toes. And yeah, a bunch of them. Like, <laughs> He's got apparently there's a lot of nicknames on this team, yeah. so maybe we'll dive into that stuff and you know getting no players on a more you know lighter level. But um, yeah, I mean it should be a good deal. Um, again, I'm happy that we should have increased access and locker room access and yeah. you know more time to get to know the guys. So that should be a good deal. Yeah, and uh, speaking of that, you know increased um, accessibility you're going to have to the Lions. Like, what kind of stuff do you have? Uh, you know, kind of in store stuff that maybe you have in mind for. Um, as you start to uh, cover training camp for the Lions in your first year? Yeah, I think early on, we're probably going to lean on a lot of observational stuff, which, again, I couldn't really do coming from a college beat because we yeah. only got like, 15 minutes out there a day, if that. Not you got to watch day. them stretch. It was once a week we'd see them for stretching <laughs> for like 10 minutes and then five minutes of positional work, and that's that's it. And a lot of stuff we couldn't even like report on. So I would do my best to put together some observations, like, you know, this guy runs well, like he's looking in, in shape, you know, that's the most you can do out of a setting like that. But with this stuff, you know, you can go a little bit deeper and you can't report on everything, but um, I'm excited just to be out there pretty much every day. Um, so again, we'll probably lead on those observational stuff, you know, early on um, we'll find time for some profiles and, you know, we'll have that time with, with guys and, you know, pull guys aside for that stuff, but no, it should be good. And then we'll see what happens with hard knocks. Um, I was telling Nick and Chris I might have to try to, you know, improve my my dress a little bit and <laughs> you know, 
I don't want to be on camera, but I got to be prepared in case I'm in the background of a shot. I can't catch me slipping. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. There. Especially because I know your neighbor always talks about his drip and he always talks about how well he is uh, dressed. <laughs> yes, so uh, I, I, I don't I don't think he can let James catch you slipping. No, I got to borrow some of his shoes, too. He's got the <laughs> So, <laughs> well, that's Colton Pouncey. You can catch him over at the Athletic. Uh, he's he's at Colton underscore Pouncey on Twitter, and it sounds like he's going to be part of the the one uh, one of these years. Is that one of these years? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. One of these years podcast over at the Athletic as well. Colton, uh, really appreciate you. Where, where else can they find you? Did did I cover it all? Did I miss anything? I think you got it all. Uh, Twitter at there... Colton underscore Pouncey. Um, yeah, read my work at the Athletic, and pretty much sums it up. There's some sort of subscription deal going on. I feel like there always is. Probably. I haven't checked in a while, but, you know, if you hit a paywall, something will come up asking you if you want to subscribe at a discount, I assume. So there you go. There you go. Well, Colton, I really, really appreciate your time, man. I look forward to seeing you out there every day starting next week. It's crazy. We're we're right there, finally, after a long offseason. Um, hopefully, we'll, we'll be bringing plenty of information your way as well, but always check out the stuff at, at The Athletic because the, the bar is set very, very high over there, and uh, I always make sure I read everything over there as well. So, Thank you to Colton. Thank you all for listening. We will be back for a training camp preview this month, upcoming Monday. It's a huge show. We're also probably going to be doing our Spotify live sometime this upcoming weekend as well. But until then, thank you for watching. It's chaos. Be kind. Be kind.